Hello and welcome to the Golf Monthly podcast. Uh, this week is a, a preview of the Ryder Cup. We've got uh, the second part of our Ryder Cup preview coming straight up. Um, but actually we recorded it on the Friday of Tour Championship week. Um, and we were due to post it on the Monday morning, but then we woke up this morning, uh, September the 26th, to hear the very sad news that Arnold Palmer had passed away. Um, my name is Neil Tappin, and I'm joined by Michael Harris. Mike, hi, how are you? Good morning, Neil. I'm well. And we thought it was a good opportunity before the podcast really kicks in to talk a little bit about the man himself and the legacy that he's left in the game of golf. Mike, um, everyone this morning, certainly when you look around on social media, you take a look on Instagram or Facebook, everyone paying tribute to, to Arnold Palmer in the world of golf. Why was he um, and why does he remain such a big figure? I think he was really golf's... Um you know, sort of major superstar um, in a, what was a crucial era for the game during the uh, the sort of 60s and 70s. Okay, Nicholas won more golf tournaments, won more majors than Palmer did, but Palmer made the game cool. He really brought it to the masses. Uh, he really broadened the appeal of the game, uh, did a lot obviously for Americans you know, to encourage Americans to play in our Open Championship. So, um, say so whilst, you know, he only won seven majors, um, you know, that's it's not bad. Of, it's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. I'm still yet to win my first. But, um, you know, his influence on the game was very broad. He, he really helped popularise the game. And as I say, he was cool. He's almost a sort of, you know, we sort of say golf needs cool figures now to help broaden the appeal um, you know if um, if we look back to what Palmer did that's sort of almost what the game needs now yeah and I mean over the years you've had a few haven't you I mean Seve was certainly one of those characters that I think that the idea that they he you know Arnold Palmer Seve Tiger Woods they all have something in common which is this ability to play fantastic golf aggressive golf exciting golf but also the sort of I mean they do make mistakes and he was a he was one of those players that he was he, he was always on the knife edge, wasn't he, between success and, and failure. He was playing golf right, really close to the edge, and it often didn't work out for him. But that's kind of what made him the superstar that he later became. Oh, most definitely. I think when you say, you know, and you look at you know, Seve in particular, Tiger as well, that those guys did make mistakes. But then the way they got themselves out of those spots, the way they, um, you know, sort of turned what looked to, uh, you know, a certain bogey or worse into a par or perhaps even a birdie, that makes golf exciting to watch. You you know, if you're just hitting fairways and greens, you know, sort of two-putting most holes, but, you know, making a share of birdies, that's, um, you know, very impressive to watch, um, but it's not really exciting. It doesn't get you on the edge of your seat. I think that, you know, he had that swashbuckling style, uh, which really Seve did as well. Um, and I think that's what endeared him to so many golf fans and also the wider world of sport as well. I think he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated uh, over 10 times. Now, um, you know, to have that sort of impact on, um, you know, a, an all sport magazine as Sports Illustrated is, who really go for star names, that shows you uh, a mark of the sort of gravitas that Palmer held. And probably fitting that he should bow out on the final day of the Tour Championship. Um, not only was it won by Rory McIlroy, who has that same flair, mm -hmm. and probably of today's current generation is 
I'd probably say the only one who's really got that kind of X factor. Yeah. But also the fact that they were playing for $10 million. Let's not <laughs> beat around the bush. Arnold Palmer did a hell of a lot to make these boys the wealthy superstars they are today. Most definitely. I mean, obviously he was you know, managed by Mark McCormack of IMG and, uh, and McCormack really bought business to golf and uh, and made it a sport where you could earn fantastic riches if you were right at the top of the game and you know Palmer bought obviously as we keep on saying not only that ability to win golf tournaments but to do it in an exciting way and that really enthuses fans whether they're actually at the golf event or watching on television of course you know the era when tv you know sport on tv was really exploding it needed guys like palmer to really set things alight and for us over here in the uk the impact that he had in some ways might have even been greater than he had on the other side of the pond because he really saved the Open Championship from sort of drifting off into obscurity, didn't he? He was one of the few Americans prepared to travel over here, prepared to break up their tournament schedule mm. and take themselves out of... Yeah, because in those days, it took an awful long time to get over here oh. and then to get back. But he saw the Open Championship as you had to win it if you want to be known as one of the greats. So he obviously did go on and win it, which is absolutely fantastic. And as a result, he really is held in the highest regard over here as well. Yeah, most definitely. I think you could, you know, very much... Um, after Palmer, you know, sort of Watson as well, guys who came over and really embraced Lynx golf, that it was a very different challenge to the one they faced sort of week in, week out on the PGA Tour in America. They really relished it. It didn't seem like a, a hardship. It was, you know, it was fun for them. It was something different. And that what they then brought to the Open Championship, as you say, Neil, really helped re-establish it right up at the, you know, at the top table because, you know, tough though it is to think of it in, in, in these terms these days that you know as you say it was waning a little bit in popularity it needed those you know that sort of glitzy input from the you know from the likes of Palmer really to you know to say put it back where where the Open Championship belongs in and of course is now and just looking at this year's Open you know one by Stenson competing yeah. head-to-head against Mickelson one of the greatest major championship head-to-heads of all time um, that that wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been the contest it was had he that and I'm, I actually mean him directly as opposed mm. to the likes of Arnold Palmer. I mean he had he not made that journey over to the UK um, so many years ago, sort of um, it wouldn't have the impact that it has now. Um, anyway, that leads us on to talk about um, uh, one of the, well the biggest golfing tournament of the modern age, the Ryder Cup. So we're going to head over into our our Ryder Cup preview now, but just leave you with the thought that, uh, you know, all of us working in golf and certainly the players making big money out of golf, we all owe Arnold Palmer a massive debt of gratitude. Hello and welcome to the clubhouse. Um, uh, This is Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events in the world of golf. My name is Neil Tappin and uh, this week it's just one fellow podcaster with me to discuss part two of our Ryder Cup preview, Tom Clark. Tom, hello. Hello, how are you? Yeah, we're doing this in a, sort of, in a slightly remote fashion, whereby we are hooked up via a satellite link-up, I think they say, don't they? The, what, a, what a time to be alive, I think, <laughs> is the, uh, the phrase. Yeah, the great thing is I get to see you at home. This is, uh, Tom, your, your desk at home, you have an interesting, uh, is it Mousetrap? The, uh... <laughs> the popular child's board game, uh, yes, is uh, very close to me. Um, is that in case I... you get bored while at work in the afternoon? <laughs> um, no, I, I usually just have a nap. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I recently moved and we still have um, quite a lot of boxes just hanging around. But uh, 
I now have a desk, but the desk is it's a bit of a uh, obstacle course to get to. <laughs> and we don't have so. Nick, sadly. I mean, it's an no, awful I mean, shame, isn't is, it? No, I mean, that is what a loss. What a what loss. What a loss. He's, um, yeah, he's currently wandering around South America, I think, so um, having a great time, I'm sure. So Reading the uh, PGA Tour pension plan, no doubt. Of course. I mean, what else would you want to read on when you're travelling around South America? But, uh, um, impressing the ladies with his knowledge of the uh, <laughs> finer details of that plan. Exactly. Okay, let's um, let's get going. Uh, so uh, this is part two of the Ryder Cup, the Golf Monthly Ryder Cup preview. Um, last week, we talked a bit about the golf course, didn't we? Did we? Uh, yes, yes, I yeah, think we... I think we covered yes, the golf course. Yes, but we went Hazel Tyne, Hazel Teen. Yeah, we talked a bit about the captains, but what we didn't discuss last week was any of the actual players or pairings, anything like that. So that's what we're going to yeah. focus on this week. Now, we need to make a disclaimer at this point in that we don't know exactly who's on the American team. We're doing this on Friday morning um, during the final of the FedEx Cup playoffs the tour yes. championship uh, whereby right. and on monday morning um davis love will select his final player we don't know who that is yet but we do know is it kevin chapel who's leading at the moment tom uh he he is he's a three-way tie i'm actually looking at the leaderboard right this second he's a three-way tie with hideki matsuyama and dustin johnson who's already on the side hideki do matsuyama doesn't qualify. i think dustin johnson um i think he's already in the team so he can't get the wild card however i'm sure that davis love the third would like to have picked two uh, Dustin Johnsons if he could. So, so the the just the running order for this podcast is um, we're going to start by talking about the European team, the European rookies in particular, the the kind of the history going into this Ryder Cup, and 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 ask whether we think Europe can retain or win the Ryder Cup away from home this time. It's going to be a tall order. Then we're going to discuss pairings. We're going to select some of our pairings that we would go for. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the singles order, you know, the, the nuances related to that. Then mm-hmm. we're going to hear from Joel Tadman, who uh, was recently at Dan Walker, the uh, BBC Breakfast presenter at his charity golf day. Um, he's going to hear going to hear from Dan. We're also going to hear from Danny Willett and Matt Fitzpatrick, who are also at that event. Um, it's not particularly. Neither of those interviews are particularly long. <laughs> uh, I think they did it literally while they were on the first tee. Short, and, short and sweet, exactly. exactly. Right, yeah. um, and then we're going to finish Tom with a quiz. I've got a quiz for you. It's just, oh. it's just, it's just you. <laughs> I'm going to be able to look. Am I going to be able to lose a quiz where I'm the only entrant? <laughs> if anyone can, I can. Yes, yeah. I'm with you. Okay, so let's first um, just quickly touch on the final pick that. Davis Love will make. Um, yeah. When you listen to this, you will, I'm sure, know who that pick is. Tom, any thoughts on who it's likely to be and whether Davis Love has any ability to go outside the top-ranked FedEx Cup player who hasn't already qualified for the American I, team? So, so is he going to pick someone other than Bubba Watson is, is the question, isn't it? Well, no, the, actually, the question was, is he going to pick someone other than whoever finishes top who isn't oh, okay. already qualified? Well, I think he... If, for example, example, Kevin Chappell or Kevin Kisner... Kevin Costner. Is, Kev, no, Kevin Kisner. Kevin Costner is uh, is an actor. Um, oh, Kevin oh, Kisner yes. is not an actor. Uh, if if one of those two are the, are the top-ranked players, but they don't win, um, I'm not sure they're the people he would want in the team, although they've obviously played well to get into the Tour Championship in the first place. Um, and if they do very well, then that's that's great. But I'm not sure they are the players who 
necessarily will um, ignite the crowd or perhaps the team in the same way that some other people may may do. So, Bubba. Bubba, for example. There's a few other maybe lesser knowns um, who he probably is hoping do very well. Someone like Justin Thomas, who um, is, has had a very good season but has been slightly inconsistent. Or someone who I think has a really good chance, uh, Gary Woodland, who hits the ball an awful long way. Um, Gary Woodland's not going to make it into the team. You, you, well, I'm gonna, you, to quote Les Dennis, I'll give you the money myself. <laughs> well, that's fine, but I'm just. <laughs> but he has he, he he has a lot of attributes, and um, you look back to who to when America did last win in Valhalla. Um, you know, Boo Weekly played on that team, and Boo Weekly was almost the big name of that. He he really ignited the crowd. He played the clown a bit, but he played some really good golf as well. And I think you probably, if we look back to when they were picking the wild cards, then I don't think he was a favourite to win at all uh, to to get a to get a captain's pick. But he did, and everyone was like, "Oh well, Boo Weekly, well, great, we're gonna we're gonna win." But actually, he he turned it around and played very well. With JB Holmes as well, actually, in that in that um, in that Ryder Cup. So maybe the, you know what is the point of this captain's pick? Is if it's not if he's got he's got this pick to pick someone Informed. maybe a little right. bit different. Um, yeah, but I think they have to finish in the top three of the Tour yeah, Championship. At, I would say if, if if it's a Kevin Kisner and he's in the and he's seventh, then it's going to be Bubba Watson. But if Bubba Watson finishes thirtieth out of thirty. Um, or or has a has has a particularly bad tournament. Well, yeah. I mean, true. let's let's look let's look. If we look, find out where he is. He's fifteenth at the moment. He's right. He shot two over yesterday. He's right in the middle. If he has a horrendous weekend, then actually it's going to be very hard for him to then get a pick, because although he's top ten in the world, the whole point of the the delay of the pick was to pick someone who's in form. So if you're still going to pick Bob Watson, he finished twenty fifth out of thirty. What's the point? Uh, yeah, what's the point? You could have done this two weeks ago. We would have known and what's going on. I already have his shirt measurements in, uh, as they already have for the whole European team, surely. Well, exactly. Uh, do another you know thing, either for the people doing the Ryder Cup programs at Nightmare. Hazeltown, they must be having an absolute shocker. Nightmare. That's, exactly. So, you know, give these people a chance. If you're going <laughs> to pick Bubba Watson, you should have done it three weeks ago or whatever. So, this is a man who's been involved in the um, magazine production industry. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my feelings go out to those poor people. Yeah, okay. Right, let's move on because people listening to this will know the answer to that will have come and gone and the discussion points will have, will have ended on that. Um, so, just looking at, at, at the hit recent history of the Ryder Cup, okay. So, Europe have won six of the last seven which is a staggering record, really. Mm-hmm. And, and within that six, there have been some absolute thumpings. So we, we thumped them at Oak Hill away from home, which was a complete shock result. That was where Hal Sutton put Tiger and Phil together in the opening match, and they, they lost. Um, we thumped them again at the K Club. And then Glen Eagles last time was, um, was a, a large uh, margin of victory as well. So the European team obviously go into this as sort of favourites in that it's hard to imagine an American team winning because we haven't seen it for so long. And yet, when you look at the sides, the two teams, when they're up against it, even with an 11-man American team that we're looking at at the moment, <laughs> it's very, very, very difficult, I I think, to see past an American win at this one. Um, True? No? I, no? I, I think that's a very fair point. Um, I think they've probably got as a strong a team as they have in recent, in recent years um, because... Some of the younger guys 
um, who were perhaps just at, at the start of their careers when they first got into the Ryder Cups. I think they've really struggled in in the last few Ryder Cups to get a really decent set team. But now they have, and they've got quite a lot of experience in there. That's the thing. So, so you've got Dustin Johnson, who's now finally won a major. You've got Jordan Spieth, who's had, yeah. who hasn't played a Ryder Cup since he's won a major. You've got Patrick Reed, who's been playing very well, also has Ryder Cup experience. Ricky He's Fowler, probably a major winner in waiting, isn't he? Yeah, Reed. absolutely. Um, and then you've also got the huge experience of Phil Mickelson in there. Um, so... And even like like Matt Cooch has now played in quite a few Ryder Cups. He's been with a very, losing record. With with a losing record, but let's face it, most American players have got a, a losing record because of the teams that they've been having to play against. Um, but are, Tom, the question is: Are we going to be hamstrung by the sheer number of rookies we're taking over? There's six European rookies in this team. That is mm-hmm. a lot, and so and that's a lot of those rookies are potentially great players, but. Probably not all of them. Not all of them are going to become major winners. Not all of them are going to become world top ten players. You know, you're looking. You, you've got Andy Sullivan, Rafa Cabrera Bay, Chris Wood, Matt Fitzpatrick, Danny Willett, and the last one is Thomas Come Peters. On. Well done. Uh, <laughs> Do you know what that was quite impressive? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't even look at my notes. <laughs> I would not have been able to do that. I think. Um, yeah. You know, but whereas the, the American team, all the way through, it's experience, it's class, it's you know, world golf championships, people, majors. Yeah. But people who only know really know losing at the Ryder Cup. So those six guys, those six rookies. Um, I mean, one of them is the Masters champion. That's not a bad thing to have, is it? Um, True. Uh, and others like Matthew Fitzpatrick's on the US Amateur. Uh, and you, and you do want rookies on your side, don't you? Because yeah. rookies bring an energy, a kind of a, an enthusiasm and excitement to a side. You know, a, a team without any rookies is not the team you want to be taking no, to a Ryder Cup. And that's, and that's the thing when you look at the American team, and it'd be very interesting who that last pick is, um, because at the moment they've only got one rookie. They've only Kupka. got Brooks Cook. Yeah, yeah Cook on there. Uh, JB Holmes, as people will forget, played in 2008 and actually hasn't lost a lost a match yet. So, um, but I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I do think Europe have probably two two. two too many, uh, maybe you probably want three or four uh, rookies on your team, really. But uh, uh, if I, my hunch is that I feel like the European side might be due a beating <laughs> at the Ryder Cup. Well, well, and it, 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 it just no feels like it are. might be coming this year, but who knows? Uh, well, I think it's I think it's going to be a close match, um, but I think the Americans, are, America, are the should be the favourites. Um, they're on home soil. Um, their team is stronger on paper, I think, for where they're playing. Um, it, it, could, it could be very interesting. And I think a lot of it is going to be down to um, to the who, who the captains pick, who they pair up, whether they work very well with each other or not. Um, I think if we look at... We talk about rookies last time at Glen Eagles, Spieth and Reed were both rookies but they were the best pairing by a country mile for the Americans, and they played superbly throughout that whole time. Um, so there's no reason why um, two European rookies then can't also travel across the Atlantic and, and you know, and, and, and put a marker down. And if, if there is a pairing that does that, then, then that's going to be quite a few points in the bag early doors. So, Well, let's, talk, let's move on then, Tom, and talk about some of those pairings. Mm-hmm. Um, what we've done is we've decided to come up with three pairings for each side 
that you may not have predicted. So we all know there oh, are. Hang on, well, hang on. I've, I've gone for <laughs> massively obvious ones. Have but, you? Well, a couple, a couple. Okay. Well, we all know that the likely there are a few likely combinations. We know that, for instance, Rose and Stenson that wouldn't be unlikely. McElroy and Garcia that wouldn't be unlikely. Um, there's and there's some on the American side as well that we've seen in the past that have done well. What I was hoping to do, Tom, yes. <laughs> was to pick some slightly un unusual pairings yep. for each team and explain why you would put those players together so right you start with the european pairing and i'll start with american pairing go okay okay i'm going to go first up with roy mcroy and matthew fitzpatrick uh, mainly because i've been going on and on about matthew fitzpatrick you for have. About, a, about a year now yeah um i think that they would be a really good partnership both for four balls or for foursomes um because of the attributes, especially that Fitzpatrick actually has. Fitzpatrick is known for being a tee to green player, hits an awful lot of fairways, hits an awful lot of greens. Um, and if you're going to put him alongside McElroy, he could, will attack with his driver as he does every course. I think they're going to be a formidable partnership to, to, to come up against. Also, because of the uh, amount of rookies that Europe have, I think there's actually going to be a lot of these style of pairings where you have an experienced head and you're going to have to throw in one of the the, the, the younger ones with him. And I just think it's, it could be a very, that could be a very exciting partnership. And whoever comes up against those pairings are going to be, if it's, if it's foursomes, you know, they're going to be on the green oh, in, yeah. in regulation all the time. And that is a very hard um team to then beat especially in foursomes because you you think you know we've got to we're going to have to you know probably birdie holes to to win them where in foursomes sometimes you know if you stay in the hole and you you, you make sure you make the pars then um you, you're going to have a chance so i think that's i think it's a very exciting partnership that one I, I if, would, it, if it happens <laughs> i would also say that i think fitzpatrick has the temperament to play alongside rory you know he's yeah. probably that steadying character that rory maybe needs to play play with yeah, that um, he's very calm under pressure, isn't he? And I also have a sneaky suspicion that Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick is a big time player as well. He's one of these yeah. people that rises to the occasion. Um, he's the youngest of all of the uh, of, of all both sides. What stat? <laughs> he's uh, the youngest player that on show. Yeah, I struggled to spit that, spit that one out. Um, but yeah, so I, I I think that I also noted that Dan not actually is one of my top ones, but I noted that Dan's a possible pairing. Uh, okay, so I'm going to start with an American pairing. Uh, and my first pairing I'm going to go for is Kupka and Fowler. Excellent. By the, by, on the basis that, okay, a good, um, a good pairing in the um, team format of the game, it characters that are similar, right? Yeah. I think that Kepka and Fowler, they're both young, they both hit the ball a long way, they both, they both they have kind of similar games, I would say. Um, <laughs> They will know each other from... I don't know this for sure, but I presume they will have known each other pretty well growing up. Um, and I just think the two of them... They could, they could gel quite well, those two. You know, they're going to they're gonna carry the crowd with them, aren't they? They're going to carry the excitement, a lot of noise. They're going to make... You know, if they make birdies, there's going to be a lot of fist pumping. There's yeah. sort of a pairing that if you, if you were up against them in the Ryder Cup, you might think, OK, if this starts to go against us, you know, it could be tricky. No, I, I agree. Well, I think um, well, Ricky Fowler was very good with um, Jimmy Walker last time out as well. Yeah. So I think it's there's a there's a few potential pairings with, with Fowler. I think when that one first came up, everyone was like, "Oh, they 
they don't seem like they are similar characters, but actually, when you actually saw the map playing, you realise they're actually really good mates. Um, yeah, and that's the thing that the captain themselves. does bring to the team. He would know that, whereas we, looking on from the sidelines, you know, even though we you know, we watch a lot of golf, we wouldn't necessarily know that Jimmy Walker and Ricky Fowler would be able to gel in the team format. Okay, so your next European pairing. Am I going European, or do you want me to go American this time? Okay, go American. Okay, I, okay so for the s- similar reason to what you've said with. Uh, with Kupka and Fowler, I'm going with J.B. Holmes and Dustin Johnson. Right. Um, very similar games, built around distance off the tee and hitting the greens, uh, coming into greens with with with, uh, with wedges or, or more lofted clubs. Um, I think that they will really get the crowd behind them in these two as well because of the way that they play. Um, they're probably a little bit more... Um, Introverted on 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 the fairways, perhaps. hundred oh, percent, yeah. So I think again they won't. I think Dustin Johnson's probably the kind of guy who doesn't want someone running around trying to high five him every ten seconds. It, it, it's it's a strange contrast actually because he's got the golf game of a player who should be high fiving and fist pumping and going crazy, but he's actually very. He's quite quiet. He's mm. very. He's incredibly laid back. Yeah. I interviewed him just after he he um, missed the short putt at the US Open to win the US or to get in the playoff of the US Open, and it was almost like he couldn't remember it. And he wasn't putting it on; it was that yeah. he genuinely, yeah, he, he basically couldn't remember. And and he's got that incredibly relaxed personality. Yeah. Um, that I'm I you know, I agree with you in one sense, but I don't know who you put with him. With Dustin. yeah, but the, I, I think that is a, it. Really, is a tricky thing, and that's why I've gone with Holmes who. Again, it's. I think he's someone you see, see on tour. He's he's quite quiet. He takes everything in in his stride. You, you never. If he holds a putt, you're not sure if it's for birdie or for bogey. Sometimes. So, um, and I think again, their games are very similar. They do both hit it an awful long way. And then if they, you know, you're always gonna. They're always going to be coming into the green second. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Obviously, that's a match play thing. But. Um, I think you you're going to real really feel the pressure if you're playing against those two because you're just going to be I've just nailed a driver and I'm 50 yards behind them every time so uh, or if I were at least 150 so um yeah I think that that's an that's one I would think people I think that um, Dave's love the third will look at definitely okay all right my my next pick for Team Europe would be uh, Cabrera Bayo and Stenson. Ooh. I think Cabrera Bay has got a, ro- a, go- a significant role to play in this Ryder Cup because he's so steady from tee to green. He's one of the yeah. best. He's one of the best, and has been one of the best on European tour from tee to green for a few years now, hasn't he? He's very, very steady. Um, and when you look at him and Stenson, you know they do play a similar game. In four balls or foursomes, they're going to hang around, aren't they? That you know, Stenson's going to be a fixture. He's going to have a big role to play. He's going to play with a lot of players. I- I'm going to. Just throw a spanner in the works there with with that thought because I wonder how fit Stenson is. He's had struggle with his with his knee injury just the last month or so. Now we don't know whether he's just literally trying to just get it right. No, I think he's cup. got surgery in the offing, hasn't he? Yeah. So I I wonder. I think that would be that would be a decent pairing, no doubt. But I wonder whether Stenson will actually play more than one round a day, and then if he does. Will they? Will Dan Clark wanted to play with Rose because they had such a good pair? Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. The, it's the a very good time. point. I, do, do you know what the, the Rose Stenson thing is very interesting because both of those players, in an ideal world, I think you'd want them to be playing alongside rookies, but then you would end up breaking one, you know, the most successful pairing at Glen Eagles yeah. last time. What do you do? Do you put them with a Cabrera Bow 
and um, you know Andy Sullivan, or do you play them together and in a bid that you think, well, okay, they should be able to get us a point? Mm. Well, I think uh, yeah, I think well, I think Rose will play in every session. I think that Rose will just play with Stenson one time, and then he'll be put with a rookie, rookie, an English rookie because there's so many of them in, in the other session. Um, that's the feeling I get with it. Okay. But you don't know. Stenson might be absolutely. Stenson might go. Hey, do you know, what? I'm I'm fine. Bring it on. You don't you don't know really, and that's the that's the joy of it. Um, we shall see. Is he playing in the Tour Championship? <laughs> no, no. Is he? No, because he, he, yeah, he has. He's just taken the last few weeks out, so yeah. he couldn't qualify. Okay, well, all right. Uh, okay, so should I go again, American? Yeah, you go, man. So my second American selections are uh, Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson. I don't know if they played Ooh, together really? in the Ryder Cup in the past. Ooh, that's that's. The, do you know? I saw an art, I read an article where they say Dustin Johnson said, <laughs> "I will play with anyone." And then in brackets, not Phil Mickelson. <laughs> <laughs> ah. well, that's weird because they play a lot of practice rounds together, don't they? Yeah, and they're I, from a similar well, that, part of the US. That could, and... that could be. Uh, that was an opinion. That wasn't Dustin Johnson. That was an opinion for a piece I saw. That, that wasn't Dustin Johnson saying he didn't okay. want to play with Phil Mickelson. Okay. Well, um, okay. Let's move on. No, you, well, no, you, no, no, no. Hang on. Let's not because. Um, I, well, I want if if, if we we're, we're crossing over each other, but Phil Mickelson. Who do you put with Phil Mickelson? And. I think Mickelson will be, potentially be paired with Kupka. Yeah, um, yeah, or one of the I agree. Li- a, a younger player who is kind of excitable and thirsty for it, and yeah. you know, up for it because Mickelson's I, I, Mickelson's record in the Ryder Cup is a bit of a mystery to me. He should be a perfect Ryder Cup player. He's the sort of player that rallies the troops, isn't he? Mm. Um, I guess he's just he's just been un- I think, possibly unfortunate in the teams that he's played in. Yeah, and I think he got badly managed a couple of times. I mean, what? Him and Tiger, yes, that was not that was not a good idea, was it? Um, <laughs> but then him and Keegan Bradley um, at um, at Medina, they were incredible. Um, and, and, and Bradley was a, a rookie then, and yeah. I think, as you say, I think Kupka would be a good shout um, for yeah. this one. Um, okay, so that leaves us both with a European team to pick. Uh, yes, so go on, I'm, I'm going to go, and I'm going to go with Lee Westwood and Danny Willett. The obvious one. Oh, is it? Yeah, well, they, they're both from the same stable. They both played. They played together in the last round of the Masters. They both played well at, together in the last. You're round just nicking of the all my points here. They're, they're both um, from up north. <laughs> <laughs> Quite. Um, they also they played in the par three tournament at the Masters as well. Um, I don't know if you remember. They were they both interviewed and they were. Joking about, and then tr- fast forward four days, and then they were they were both both in with the shout of winning. Them. Both in the I think shout. it goes without saying. There's a very good chance those two will play together. They they will know each other very well over the years, and um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Westwood Westwood is a because because of the amount of Englishmen on there and the amount of English rookies on there. Westwood is if you were Andy Sullivan or Chris Wood or um, Danny Willett, I think. Or Matthew Fitzpatrick, I think you'd all enjoy playing with, uh, you know, in that situation with Lee Westwood, someone who's had more experience really than anybody else in that team. So um, he, you know, he will be able to to not only settle you down, but also with his such good driving and iron play, he will also settle you down on the course as well. You'd hope. And Fitzpatrick, uh, same same management company as well, isn't he? Yeah. So yeah. again, he would. 
he would probably is, is, know that, West that's, that's not how Darren Clark is going to pick the teams, though, surely, <laughs> or who their management <laughs> But he is are. also part of the same management company, so we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll find out, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay, my last European pairing is Garcia and Sullivan. Um, I think that, again, it, it all boils down... For me, the best pairings are all similar characters. They're, they're kind of, they tend to be people who gel off the mm-hmm. golf course as well as on the golf course. Garcia at the Ryder Cup has been a fantastic player, but he's always played... He's always managed to get the excitement up within his pairing, always sort of feeding off each other. Mm. Andy Sullivan needs somebody like that, I would think, as well. So Sullivan probably needs a, a, a more experienced hand, somebody who's played in the Ryder Cup before, but somebody who equally who is excitable yeah. and able to get the crowd you know, on their side. And the two of them, you can imagine laughing and smiling all the way around. Yeah. And I just see that as a natural pairing, actually. More, not to do with, with you know, countries, but characters. I mean, Sullivan is... Um... I, I saw him actually playing a practice round at the Open this year, and he's whoever he's playing with. I can't remember. They would not. They would in bursts of laughter the whole time. They, you know, he's he's always joking about. It's it's the kind of character he is, and they, they like may even put him and another rookie out together because I think Sullivan will be the kind of guy who will. You know, relax the atmosphere and people will uh, want to play with him. I think. Yeah, won't they? I think. I think so. Yeah. Um, I just hope, yeah, let's hope his game's in, 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 good in, enough in the shape. right place. Yeah. I, I agree, he played okay in Italy last week, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, that brings us to the end of our... The, I think the point is, there's so much, there's so many options, aren't there? You could, but I mean, another one I noted down was JB Holmes and Zach Johnson because of the opposite. You yeah. Know, they are opposites, aren't they? Well, one's short and steady, one hits it a mile. Who knows? I think that's the beauty of the Ryder Cup, isn't it? You, yeah. You never, and, sh- and this one in particular, especially on the European side, there's going to be a load of pairings that we've never seen before, for sure. Yeah. And I remember trying to guess last time. Oh, Glenn Eagles. Well, it'd be uh, it'd be him and him and him and him and him and him. and no one had Graham McDowell and Vic Dubson, um, and they were excellent pairing. And you found out that McDowell had gone over to France and stayed at his house with him and stuff like that. So it's just the info that we don't know. Um, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see. But yeah, we shall, we shall. Okay, well, let's move on. I, I was going to talk about the singles order now, but I think we should do that after we've discussed, after we've done the quiz and after we've heard from our little snippet. Indeed. <laughs> okay, so let's go now to um, to Joel Tadman uh, was at the Dan Walker Invitational. It's a, a charity event that he hosts every year. And um, he uh, Dan has a, very, a group of celebrities there, including Danny Willett and uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. They're both Sheffield boys, so they all you know, Dan Walker, Willett, Fitzpatrick know each other very well. So uh, there's the connection there. And Joel spoke to them all a little bit, very little bit, about, about the Ryder Cup. Starting with Dan. I think if you look down the teams, I think history tells you that Europe have done brilliantly in recent times. But I think America have got a really decent side. I think Darren Clark, because of talent, has gone with a load of rookies in there. And you know, I, I obviously know Matt really well from here and seeing him before he became a golfing superstar. And I know, you know, speaking from just watching him play and playing with him, he's got an impeccable temperament for that sort of pressure cooker cauldron. And if he and the other newbies can do the business, then I, I think I think why not? I know we're missing the likes of you know Poulter and the, the mad golfing eyes, but. Westwood's there, he could become the all-time Ryder Cup points taker. So there's still enough talent and quality and sort of raw, fresh talent in that Europe side to really scare the Americans. But I think probably at this point, the Americans would be favourites to win it. We've got to give them one every now and again, because in fairness, we win it all the time at the moment. 
Okay, join us here at the Hallamshire Golf Club where we're at the Dan Walker Golf Day and I'm joined by Matthew Fitzpatrick. Matthew, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Tell us a bit about your schedule from now up until the Ryder Cup. Are you going to be playing a lot or just relaxing? Uh, no, I mean, I've got a week off this week and then uh, I'll play Italy next week and then a week off again. Uh, I'm going, going over a bit early to the States to, uh, to get some practice in and, and uh, just see, see a few friends. So, uh, yeah, it's fairly relaxed till, until then and uh, it's going to be an exciting week. Obviously, the team's been decided. Have you started getting your Ryder Cup bits and bobs through yet? Uh, no, we, we don't receive them until uh, till we get there the week anyway. So, um, more just looking forward to the week in, in general than, than receiving anything. So, Is there anyone on the team that you think you'd really like to play with? I mean, there's obviously, I'll play with anyone on the team. You know, I, I know them all really well. And um, in particular, probably Martin Keimer is someone that I've got quite close with that, uh, yeah, that I'd probably end up playing with. So. Um, yeah, it'd be, be an exciting week and I'm looking forward to it. Join us here at the Hallamshire Golf Club for Dan Walker Charity Golf Day. I'm joined by none other than Danny Winnett. Danny, thanks for joining us. Uh, a lot of different celebs from different sports here. Did you play any other sports growing up when you were young? Yeah, we played a bit of everything, obviously three brothers. Um, whatever you get given, you, you know, you kind of play between yourselves and it gets quite competitive. So, um, yeah, played a, played a few bits and bobs. But obviously, like you say, we're here today for, for, for Dan and and a fantastic charity trying to raise a bit of money um, for a good cause so um, it's nice they've got such a good turnout again same as last year um, so yeah looking forward to a good day Any particular format out of the two that you're going to be playing at the Ryder Cup that takes your fancy foursomes or four balls? Just anything really anything where you can you know you can try and play well and try and get a point on the board um, it doesn't matter who you play it paired with or, or, or what game it is you know you just you're hoping that you can play as much as possible if you're playing well and, um, and trying to get like I said trying to get as many points on the board any guys on the team that you think you'd really gel with? I think everyone on the team. Um, we're a pretty closely knit group. Uh, we played a lot of golf together on the European Tour and obviously a little bit on the PGA Tours. And um, I think this year in particular, a lot of young lads at least. Uh, you know, we, we we have played a lot of golf over the last year together. Um, you know, we've all been similar tee times and stuff like that, so we all know each other's game pretty well. So, um, you know, I think you could put any of us with with anyone else. Right, Tom. So that lead, leads us on nicely to our Ryder Cup quiz Doesn't part it? two. Doesn't it? Doesn't it just? Um, you've got ten questions. <laughs> it's you against yourself. You against, against the clock. You against no. the listeners. <laughs> and listeners... My money's are, on the listeners. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, okay, so various different questions about the captains, about the teams, about the records, etc. Sure you're going to breeze it. I'm sure you will. <laughs> mm, um, yes. Okay, so what we'll do is... If you just write your answers down, I'll ask the questions, and then at the end you can go, we'll go through all the answers, okay? Okay. Right, so question number one. Mm-hmm. Name the Americans' captaincy team. So, captain and vice-captains. Um, pr- pretty straightforward, uh, I would think. Um, I'll give you a slight clue. I, I, I am writing, I'm just being very quiet. Um um, I'll give you a slight clue by saying that there's I one, I, one captain you know and four vice I've, captains. Yes, and I think I know what they are because I actually looked this up yesterday. Okay, good. Excellent. Um, question number two. Name Europe's captaincy team. One um, captain, five vice captains. Yeah. One captain, five vice captains. Um, oh, I can't remember who they are. Hang on. Yeah, I know. It's tricky. Um Who's the other one? Hang on. I'm sure they'll all be wearing fetching uh, sunglasses, shades, 
as they cruise around the golf course. Um, I've, I've forgotten one, but go on. Right. Carry on. Thomas Peters and Chris Wood are both very tall. <laughs> <laughs> but who's taller? <laughs> Goodness sake. <laughs> um... <laughs> this is very much the wild card question. I was, uh, I, I was talking to Jeremy Elwood about this, uh, Golf Marbles' Jeremy Elwood, and uh, saying that if they get paired together, would they be the tallest pairing ever? In Ryder Cup history? In Ryder Cup history. They'd be able to... Yeah, possibly. If, if we're wrong, please do write in and let us know who are the, <laughs> the tallest taller. ever Ryder Cup pairing. Uh, it's a record that looks set to go this year if they get given the chance to play alongside each other. Uh, okay, so question number four. Mm-hmm. Sergio Garcia has won 20.5 Ryder Cup points, but from how many appearances? How, how, how many matches or how many... How many appearances? How many Ryder Cups has he played in? Um... Yeah, maths is not my strong point. What is your strong point? Mm. Art, eating chicken. <laughs> um, um, okay. Right. Okay, I'm not sure that's right, but go on. Uh, question number five: Place the these Americans in the order they qualified. Mickelson, <laughs> Johnson, Spieth. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Well, they all qualify together as one. No, but they they, all, they qualify in an order. Which which Johnson? Sorry, can you be more specific? Dustin Johnson. So Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, and Jordan Spieth. Uh, which order did they qualify? So, yep, done pre- it. Pretty straightforward. Uh, two Europeans finished higher in the world points list than Martin Keimer and Lee Westwood. But who were they? Um, well, sorry, and didn't get picked. <laughs> right, let me start this again. <laughs> I appreciate there could be some confusion over this question. Yeah. Two Europeans finished higher in the world points list than Keimer and Westwood, but were not picked and did not qualify automatically. Who were they? Um, okay. I think I've got one. Great. Fantastic. Um, question number eight. Mickelson has played a total... Is it eight or seven? Hang on. One, two, three. Oh, no, question number seven. Question number, seven. question number seven. Question number seven. Who has won more Ryder Cup matches, Henrik Stenson or Martin Keimer? This is not very easy. Well, you're supposed to know stuff about the Ryder Cup. I know. But what do you do all day? <laughs> you, you spent all day yesterday working on the Ryder Cup, did you not? <laughs> I, d- I did. I know, but I wasn't looking at the stats for each player. What were you doing? Looking at the the clothing that they're wearing. No, just normal stuff like the format. the wives and girlfriends. The format, no, was wives it? and girls. Wives and girls is, is next week. Um. <laughs> That's all day Monday. Exactly. Um, question number eight: Mickelson has played a total of forty-one Ryder Cup matches, but how many has he lost? And I'll offer you one either side of the the right answer, so you can be a little bit out, and I'll still give you the the point. Um. Staggering 41 Ryder Cup matches. Wow. That's an awful lot. Um, question number nine. How many Europeans are in their 20s? <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> um, come on. I'm just, I'm just writing down numbers now. Yep. <laughs> question number 10. How many Americans are in their 20s? These are ridiculous questions. Um, okay. Right, there we go. Yep. 
Um, if maybe maybe Tom, we should um, if someone anyone who beats you in this quiz, we should offer them a way of taking part in next week's podcast. Well, there's, there's going to be an awful, there's going to be an awful lot of people <laughs> writing in. It's going to be like an audience with <laughs> an audience with the whole of the people who listen to us. <laughs> okay, right. So uh, turn over your exam paper. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pass it to me via the medium of um, satellite well, link up. Well, just, you just, just got to be honest, haven't you? This is where well, honesty. I, well, is I'm gonna... going to be honest. I'm, you're going to. I say the question again. I will tell you the answer, and then you would tell uh, me if it's right or wrong. Yes, it's, it's really not that hard. That's definitely the more sensible way of doing it. Okay, so name America's captaincy team. You went for David Love the Third. Correct. Steve Stricker, Jim Furyk, Tiger Woods, Tom Lehman. Correct. Yes. All all right. Uh, Tom Lehman returning to the fold after. Um, captaining the ship that sunk at the K Club. Um, yes, that's true. But I think he's. I think he's, he's a bit unlucky there, wasn't he? Yeah, he didn't have much to work with. <laughs> um, question number two: um, Who makes up Europe's uh, captaincy team? Darren Clark, Sam Torrance, yes, Thomas Bjorn, yes, Ian Porter, yep, Paul Laurie, Patrick Harrington. Correct. All right. All present and correct. Well done. What? Uh, of that team, I guess. Okay, quick question before we move on: Who's going to be the next captain of the European team? Ooh. Um. Harrington, maybe. I'm going Thomas Bjorn. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good shot. If Thomas Bjorn doesn't do it next time, I don't think he'll ever do it. Question number three. Thomas Peters and Chris Wood are both very tall. <laughs> but who is taller? I've gone for Chris Wood. Incorrect. Oh, for goodness sake. They're both the same. Oh, what the... What the six what? foot six. Well, technically... Trick question then. there. Technically, what? correct then. Because no. they're also both the tallest. Well, so, no. I mean, how, how on earth am I supposed to get that point? You got it wrong. Okay, and anyone listening to this, if you didn't say both of them, you also got it wrong, uh, unfortunately. I'd like to see them standing back to back. <laughs> well, depending on what sort of sky graphics we get this time, you might well see that. That's true. That's well, true or that's either true. that, or you'll get to see them standing next to Sarah Sturk in the studio, putting on their glove and checking their course planner endlessly. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Um, question number four. Sergio Garcia has won 20 and a half Ryder Cup points, but how from how many appearances? Your answer was? I, oh, I'm still, I'm still, <laughs> I've, 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 I've written five. Oh, no, seven. So I, do you know I had six and I, I thought it wasn't six. It was, yeah, no. He's was, been around for ages, Garcia. Yeah. I know, I know. That was that was that was horrendous. I should have said six. Silly, silly. Yes. Um, and I, I was thinking because he he missed out at the at Celtic Manor, didn't he? He was a captain at Celtic Manor. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that far too much. <laughs> okay. Place the following Americans in the order they qualified. Ridiculous um, question, by the way. Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, and Spieth. You went for Johnson, Spieth, Mickelson. Correct. Oh, that, oh, that was easy. It's a good question. I nearly... No, well, that was easy. <laughs> um, that puts you on three out of five. Um, well, three out of five, and one of them was a question which you couldn't get right. So, not bad. You could get it right. Quite. Qu- Look. Question number six. Two Europeans finished higher in the world points list than Keimer and Westwood, but were not picked and did not qualify automatically. Who were they? I I think 
they were Son Kelson and then I'm not I, I'm, I'm going to say Russell Knox but I don't think it is Russell Knox it was Russell Knox oh, correct Kelson, Kelson and Knox yeah oh boom that, I'll take that <laughs> two K's there indeed Unlucky. name the, well, and there is a Kamer bu- bumped out by Kimer well crikey name another tour player whose name begins with K um Ricard Carlberg there you go <laughs> <laughs> Robert Carlson. Oh, okay, there's loads. Um, Jerry Kelly. <laughs> Jerry Kelly. Kevin Kisner. Anthony Kim. No longer a tour player. No, I he popped up like this week actually in the news, in golf uh, news. He was he was at some event. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, right, he played in the Ryder Cup. He did the one that I went to at Valhalla. Anyway, question number seven: Who has won more Ryder Cup matches, Stenson or Keimer? This is I uh, I Stenson. I'm said correct. Oh, five to four. Yeah, you're doing well. I know. Sh- shock horror. Um, but, but now I've got three questions which are now impossible again, impossible to answer. So <laughs> <laughs> think of a number and just hope it's the right number. <laughs> Mickelson has played in a total of forty-one Ryder Cup matches, but how many of those has he lost? And I was going to give you a, a a point either way, as it were. So you said. 20. Oh, you're right. It was 19. <laughs> so you were wrong, but you're right. I'll take that then. Just went, I just went reasonably half. You're sending out quite a message to Nigel at this point, aren't you? Oh, I know. He's never here, but I'm, he's not here. This was, I think I would have beaten him. I don't know. He's get that. He would have known a lot of these. Um, question number nine. How many Europeans are in their 20s? I, seven. Six. Oh, that is, I, that is frustrating. And how many Americans are in their twenties? I said six, four. So that's you've petered out a bit. Well, Thomas petered out. Um, so you got six. I'll take that. That's, your be- that's probably your best score, isn't it? Uh, no. Well, I think that's harsh. Uh, okay. Well, well done, Tom. You did all right there. Yes. You did every, okay. Every now and then. Every now and then. Uh, let's finish by talking a little bit about the other uh, bit of tactical. Uh, influence let's say the captain can have and that's in the order in which he puts so other than the pairings that you select the real area where they can make a difference is the order they put their players out especially in the singles um what is the um advised wisdom on that front do not put all your best players out first um as in who did that which well no that that isn't a bad t- the worst tactic is putting out all oh, your best players last. last oh sorry no I've got Curtis Strange did it Cur- didn't yeah. he, at the Belfry I think you've, uh, I think the Belfry yes that's, that's what I was that's that right was the uh, instance I was trying to, to trying to talk 2002. about 2002 but I think you need to mix it up a little bit you need to think um, so who's the person who's been the most impressive over the weekend you know over over the match you need to get them up near somewhere near the front yes but then they they. Quite often, what happens with those players is they they are a, they're a bit knackered. Yes. <laughs> when it comes to that final, yes, uh, the, the singles, and often you find the players who perform best during the week. I don't know whether they've got what they need in the tank to be able to go out and perform. Yeah. No. That, 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 I mean that that is obviously true, but I think you need to, especially if you're the home crowd. Um, so I think in uh, at Valhalla, who did he put? Ah, uh, sorry, Medina. Did he put Bubba out first at Medina? Or oh, I made that up. Oh yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know, but, but I, I know Poulter was up there as well because he was playing so well. But so I think you need to, you know, get the guys who are playing reasonably well 
um, and you know they're playing well near the front, um, and then you need to have someone at the at the back end who you think can get you over the line if required. So, so somebody who's really tough under pressure. Yeah. Right? So it, the, the, obviously the best example of that is probably McDowell at Celtic Manor, where suddenly it was. I think the, he said it's like the first six holes he didn't see. There's about five five men and a dog were watching him play, and yeah. <laughs> he was just strolling around. He's playing quite well, and he didn't. He thought everything was going well, and then the Americans came back, and then suddenly he said there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people suddenly appeared and were watching him, and he's like, oh, I think it's getting a bit close. So, but he. You know he did. He did, and he rose to the challenge. Exactly. Whereas Hunter Mayan, Mayan obviously who's playing crumbled. Yeah, and Hunter Mayan had been playing very well actually, and I think he. Yes, everyone just remembers that that chippy duff, that, that duff chip. Um, so okay then, Tom. So who would you put out for both teams at the end? Um, oh, that is a tough question. Um, so, but I mean, Kamer. Kamer did very well, got us over the line last time. He wasn't he wasn't actually playing very well um, at Medina, um, but then he he managed to stay them. And uh, that is a that is a tricky question. You want some because you you can't have a rookie out there. I don't think you need. Oh, no. So no, there's yeah. maybe someone like Westwood. I don't know, but I don't know whether you want Westwood up up further near the top. I don't know, but some someone like that. Um, it's not a very easy question. I think you'd have to see how they're playing over the weekend. But some maybe like Westwood or Kamer, I think, would always probably be able to see it home if they needed to. Yeah, I think that's a, it's actually a very interesting question, isn't it? It, it? You can't really look beyond the experienced players. So it would be, if it wasn't those two, it would be Stenson. If it wasn't that, it would be Rose. Yeah, it has to be one of those guys, yeah. doesn't it? I don't think you'd want Sergio. You can't Sergio, have a... I think you'd probably, again, want him nearer the front. Um being, yeah, being probably, in the yeah. midst of it, he he probably plays better when he's got a crowd with him. So, um, yeah. And what about on the American side? Um, they've obviously got more to more to look at. Maybe someone like Kucher or Zach Johnson, um, someone like that, uh, played who've who've played under pressure in the past. Maybe yeah, Zach Johnson. I think some, some, someone like that. Again, he can just play in his own bubble and, and play very well. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, much to think about. Indeed. Much to think about. Uh, it's going to be very exciting. So the Ryder Cup starts on Friday the thirtieth. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, Friday the thirtieth of September. Friday the thirtieth of September. Very soon, and it is going to be extremely exciting. It's the same day as that, actually, I am. Um, I am away playing at a golf weekend, and I am the captain of a team. We have a Ryder Cup style event. So. You know all this that we've chatted. You are playing captain. I'm a playing captain, playing playing in the um, the weakest uh, definition of playing. Um, but yeah, all this you know, all this that we've chatted about, I think is really going to inspire Team Clark. Although they're both Team Clarks, my brother's the other captain. So, <laughs> <laughs> and the t- and the captain of the European team is also Team Clark. Oh, oh actually, they, you know, I hadn't thought about that. What, what a weekend for the Clarks, eh? <laughs> Guaranteed a win somewhere. Indeed. <laughs> um, well, on that note, I think we say goodbye. Um, so um, next time we we see you, that doesn't really feel like the right word. Next time we we broadcast, mm, uh, we might well have Nick Bonfield back um, from Columbia, where he's currently, or maybe not. Indeed, who knows? We might never see him again with any luck. <laughs>
Um, but until next time, it's goodbye.